You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 10. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. I'm back for another amazing episode of Business and Life Conversations podcast with me, your host, Angela from Angela Henderson Consulting. Today is super exciting because I have one of the most brilliant people in the world on the show today talking about five steps to creating a profitable launch strategy. During today's show, you're going to learn what types of things businesses could launch, why having a launch strategy is imperative for success, and the top five steps needed to create a profitable launch strategy. So grab your pen and paper and get comfy because you're in for a brilliant show. Welcome to the show, Prerna. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for having me here. And I'm really excited to chat about all things to do with launches since yeah, that's something I can just talk on forever and ever. Yes, yes. And we do know, I mean, you and I have been friends for a long time, so we have a tendency of talking on forever and ever naturally. Yeah. Our, our sessions normally go for way longer than our allocated times we have for each other. So yeah, so I'll try and keep us off doing random tangents today as we talk about all <laughs> about launch strategies. So yes. Now, speaking of talking, I, again, I've known you for a very long time and you are a lover of Starbucks. So I, I, <laughs> you post about this regularly on your socials. So I like to get the audience to get to know you a little bit more about who you are as a person before we jump right into the business side of things. So for your love of all things Starbucks, tell us what your go-to, you know, snack or drink is when you head to Starbucks. And also just let us, you know, me and the other listeners know a little bit about, you know, who you are, where you're from and what you do. Awesome. Yeah. So caramel macchiato, hands down, is my go-to drink <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Starbucks. That was easy. Um, so, Yeah. And fun things about me. Okay, so I'm um, I'm a conversion copywriter, and uh, one of the I think most fun things about me is that I work with businesses like yours all, all over the world, um, U.S. and Australia being the biggest for me. And I live in India, so that's yes, yeah, super fun. So and- basically, again, so you really are living, you know, like the remote nomad kind of sort of because you're yeah you too travel quite um intensively around the world yes but yeah so you're stationed in india but yet you've grown your business quite substantially not mm-hmm. from the people of india though you work with people in india but predominantly like you said australia and america that is right yeah and yes we do travel we travel both as a family for pleasure we like you know just like you and Dale and Finley and Chloe, but uh, also for business, like um, for events and conferences, again, yeah, you know, all over the world. And um, that's, in fact, how we met. We met at an event, like, I think at ProBloggers, Pro Pro right? Yeah, I think you posted on a group. You're like, I'm flying in from yes. into Brisbane. <laughs> and what's going to be the easiest way to get to the Gold Coast? And if anyone who lives in Australia, <laughs> Australia, getting from Brisbane to the Gold Coast on public transport is not the funnest way. You've got to go from the airport into the city, into the city, down to the last stop in the Gold Coast. And you've got to kind of catch a bus. And I was like, this poor lady, she's going to have traveled from <laughs> And she's not like gonna have to go through all these hurdles. So I was like, "Hey, I'm a random stranger, but yes. we to pick you up at the airport." And you were like, "Yes, pick me up." And then we've been yeah. friends pretty much since then. It was like 
I know. know, which is so funny what can happen. Again, the importance of networking. I talk to people all the time. Um, yeah. You know, reach out, connect with people. And yeah, so it's been brilliant since, you know, ProBlogger two or three years ago, I think it's been. Yep. Three years ago, I think. Yeah. I yeah know. Three years and in August, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mentioned something interesting when you first started. Now I know, but a lot of the listeners and our listeners may not know. So when you, when you talk about copywriting, I think, and I know it's slightly different, but I think it's important so people understand because what your type of copywriting does is very important from a strategy, like a launch strategy point of view. So when mm-hmm. you, you use the keywords, um, conversional, um, copywriter, am I correct? Yeah, it's conversion copywriting. So right, essentially, yeah. I, yeah go ahead. So tell us a little bit about regular copywriting versus what you do, just to kind of give a little bit more of depth and scope for those that are listening. So ideally, all copywriting, whether it's, you know, um, whatever people may call it, it could be personality-based copywriting, it could be SEO copywriting, it could be conversion copywriting. All copywriting needs to convert, period. You know, if you're yes. cop if your copy on your website, on your sales page, on your, on your, in your emails, on your, uh, you know, landing pages is not converting. Those are just pretty words on a page. You don't need those, you know, so ideally all copy needs to connect and convert. Um, why can, you know, why I specialize in conversion copywriting is because I have a proprietary process that I use to, you know, not just write the copy, but actually, you know, collect all the data um, needed. And it's very, it's like, it's almost, almost scientific. I collect a lot of voice of customer data. I do a lot of research and use all of that to create, you know, whether it's sales pages, emails, website copy, whatever, all of that, that knowing What's going to, you know, really connect with a yes. reader and, you know, then convert them. I know exactly why we need to include a certain call to action. I know, you know, exactly why we need to um, use a certain subhead because I've got the data to back it up. Yeah, gotcha. So it's not just me pulling words out of thin air, essentially. Yes. Um, I'm relying on a pool of data to kind of guide me and my copywriting decisions gotcha cool because yeah because i guess with any type of industry copywriters do you know what i mean business coaches you know whatever there are mm. some dud ones out there you know like yeah, they yeah. their homes that i do this and i do this but yeah. what you're saying is in your particular instance you do you know what i mean hone down even further by looking at the data and taking what the data is saying and then marrying exactly. that with their copy in order to have the highest chance for the greatest conversion Absolutely. Like in your case, so we're working on your, you know, uh, launch copy, in fact, as we speak. And the whole process started with a fairly in-depth questionnaire. Then we met for like a long kickoff call. Then since then, I've been, you know, digging deep into your, you know, your Facebook group. I've been, you know, stalking uh, people who fit your client profile. I've been, uh, you know, going into different forums, communities, asking questions, collecting all that all that information, looking at what your competition is doing, you know, finding the gaps in what they offer so we can kind of stand out. So there's a whole lot of research that goes into the process before I even put a single word on the page. And yeah, that kind of helps me make sense. You know, when I, when I do your copy presentation, you'll see that, you know, 
I'll explain exactly what I did and the reasoning for why I have, you know, certain phrases or a certain structure or, a, yes. you know, so all of that on the page. So you'll know where I'm coming from and you're not, you know, you, you, you wouldn't just say, oh, this is great. You'll know exactly why it's great. Yeah. No, absolutely. So for those that are listening, I know we slightly got sidetracked, but I do always try to make sure that you guys out there that are listening aren't lost in conversation or going, what was that big word or what did that mean? So I just wanted to clarify because, you know, the type of copywriting that didn't mean um, that Prona does didn't mean is very important and it's not just your everyday copywriting. And we'll talk a little bit about that, you know, once we talk about the launch strategy in a minute. Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. as you know, I'm kind of black and white. I like to get straight to the gun. So I would, I personally would be like, let's just jump straight to the five steps for creating a profitable launch strategy. But in this instance, I think, again, it's important we go back to some of the basics for those listeners out there that, you know, that don't understand this concept of launching or why would I launch in my business or how is it going to benefit, you know, my business? So I just want you to talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the things that businesses could potentially launch in their business to have a different monetary stream potentially? You know, for example, you're currently working with me on creating my new eight week business coaching program that's going to right. launch in August and September. So in this instance, I'm launching a business coaching program, but what are other things businesses could potentially launch to help with increasing their overall, you know, revenue stream? Oh, the list is endless. So you could, you, you rightly mentioned, you're launching like, and you know, we're working on an online program. So that's like an online product, really, you know, um, it could be, you could, you know, launch an ebook, you could launch a physical product, you could even launch, you know, a service. I've done a, an insane number of service launches. Um, you could launch an, a, and this is again, something that I'd recently launched is like a, a co-creative workshop so i did one for service-based businesses called profits on tap where we're working together to create their package services so i recently launched it and sold out all six we had five spots we ended up selling six spots you could launch a retreat you know a business retreat or an event you have one coming up in november so there's you know that's something that uh, you could launch the list is endless and again we're going to discuss this when you know we kind of dive into strategy uh, your launches don't have to be stressful i'm i know launches are gen, you know and um i've been in a lot of huge launches and they can be overwhelming but if you have a strategy a it's pretty much you could you know you could relax and you could you because you would know exactly what needs to be done when and um b if it's your first launch you can always start small. There is nothing wrong with it. It's better to start than to stay, you know, stuck because you want to have this big launch. So if if you've got like an idea, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, I 100% agree with that because, you know, as you all know, in the launch that we're doing for the business program, that it's, it's not, we're not overcomplicating things. We're keeping it very simple. We're focusing on one set of things. Um, and I guess, you know, I look at the wonderful people like Amy Porterfield or Denise Duffield mm-hmm. Thomas or all of those beautiful ladies, do you know what I mean? And there's also men out there too, but I'm talking about those two ladies for now, that they've done beautiful launches, but you have to remember that it wasn't perfect at the beginning. And not. And the other thing is, is not any launch goes to perfection. There's always little hiccups that get in the way. And Amy Porterfield and Denise Duffield Thomas, they 
didn't have a first, like a sell up million dollar launch their first time they started yeah. and then they retweaked it and rebuilt it. So I think that's a super important thing to remember that, you know, it could be, it could just be an ebook that you make on Canva and it's mm-hmm. super simple. Mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of overhead costs. You only might do a little bit of advertising, but you go, you got to start somewhere. And again, I'm always saying it's better to have imperfect domain action than to have mm-hmm. no action at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. So now, okay, so those are all the different things that people can, you know what I mean, potentially launch, like new products, like we talked about retreats, et cetera. So then I don't know about you, but I see this happen all the time. People will build a new product or create a new product. They'll build a new website. They'll do a new ebook or even a regular book that they want to sell on Amazon or whatever, but they don't have a launch. And then I hear them complaining, going, oh my gosh, I spent all this money and all this time on doing all these yeah. things, but you just can't create a program or a product or a book or whatever without yeah. some sort of launch and momentum because how are people going to find you? Where are they going to go? I mean, do you agree with, do you agree seeing that or is it just me that's seeing these things? Oh no, absolutely. In fact, yeah, that's like going to be one of the first steps that we're going to discuss for the launch strategy is where you start to, you know, um, get people to pay attention to who you are. You get, you start to attract your audience. So I think this is a perfect time for us to kind of, you know, dive into launch strategy. Um, I have a four-step framework that I call the ABCD framework. And I'm going to give you a bonus fifth step at the end that's, you know, going to kind of um, bring it all together. So in fact, the first step of my launch strategy framework, and this is something that I do for, for clients all, all the time, is is attract. A, you know, the A is for attract. You need to have authority building content again it doesn't you know it doesn't matter what kind of content but you need to have content that helps you build authority it could be blog posts it could be a podcast like this one it could be videos like you know facebook lives or youtube videos or whatever you want to do but you need to have a bank of authority building content that you're sharing on a regular basis um how do you also attract people is by creating a lead magnet by having what we call um, an opt-in page or a registration page where people can sign up to get your, you know, your opt-in gift that would then kind of introduce them to who you are and, uh, you know, tell them more about you. Uh, the other thing um, is, um, and since we're talking about opt-in pages, is your thank you page. Do not ignore that thank you page. Thank you page often most underutilized piece of copy. People think it's okay to just put up a photo and say, thank you, you're all set. But that's, that's like, again, it's kind of ties into what I do as a conversion copywriter is leverage that thank you page to, again, reassure them that they've made the right decision. Yeah. Um, Again, share your authority, right? Give them the next steps so they know what's coming and, you know, kind of prime them for, you know, taking action. You don't want them to just sign up for your opt-in, especially for a launch, and then just forget about it. You want them to be excited about it. So that's going to be like, you know, a part of your attract strategy. Um, You do need to have emails that, you know, go out to them once they've signed up, emails that are encouraging, that are engaging, that are affirming their, you know, decision to take action. And Finally, you also need social media content. Um, again, in the attract stage, you're not selling. 
in the attract stage, all you're doing is you're building your authority, you're building your visibility, you're building a connection with people. There is no selling going on. You're just, you're just, you know, attracting your tribe, so to speak. So uh, that's like step one, stage one. And once you do that, you have an audience waiting for you to share what it is that you've got to offer. Yeah, so again, so going back to what we talked about is in those instances where people have built the product, built you know, I mean, a new website, created a book, and they didn't do the step one, which is attract, which do you mean there's other, obviously other levels under that, but they didn't attract their key audience to start priming them, to start creating authority, credibility, visibility, that therefore right off the bat, they're already shooting themselves in the foot because they didn't do any of those initial stages. Yeah, so then when they, you know, kind of, release whatever they're releasing. No one's wondering, no one's, you know, excited to get it. Uh, No one's waiting to hear about it. And people are kind of then caught off guard. And if that's like the first offer, they're like, you know, but I don't even know you. And how do you expect me to pay you for, you know, for whatever it is that you're selling, whether it's a service, a book, or even check out your new website. You know, why should I really care? Even if you're not selling anything, if you've decided to launch a new website, for example, why do I care? Because again, lives are busy, attention spans are short, and you know, people want to know what's in it for them. That's human nature. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for those that are again are out there listening, some of the information for those especially who are new to a launch strategy you might go, Oh my goodness, you're gonna force me to drink some whiskey today, Ange, because this <laughs> is way too overwhelming for me, or you're about to start eating eight, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts. Don't do that. I promise. It's okay. Put the donuts or the whiskey down because at the end of um, it over on the show notes, when this particular session is out, you guys will have an opportunity to download, do you know what I mean? Uh, the checklist that you need for yes. this. Um, there's going to be some wonderful resources that are available to you. So yes, um, don't freak out if you're missing this or, you know, your pen's going quicker than your brain can. We will have this all collated for you. So just sit back, take it in and listen as the first step. And we'll provide you PDFs later on. So you can go through this more intensively. Yep, absolutely. We've got like checklists. I'm going to give you guys a complete PDF of all the launch tools that you can use. So don't worry about it. Angela's right. So the next step or next stage is building buzz and getting excitement. So you've built your, you know, you've built your authority. You've started attracting people. Now it's time to get them excited about what it is that you offer. Um, and yes, this is where I'm going to talk about Facebook ads. Yes. <laughs> you do. If you, if your audience is on Facebook, um, you will need Facebook ads to kind of get in front of them. Again, this is not the, you know, it's not the rule. Um, there are exceptions. I've launched several, several products without using Facebook ads, several services without using, using Facebook ads. Um, and they've all been a success. Having said that, you know, if you're starting, if you don't have a very big audience pool already, you don't have a, you know, a reasonable sized email list, I would really recommend using Facebook ads to get in front of the people who are, you know, who are actually going to be interested in what it is that you offer. Um, so again, depends on where your audience is, but if you've got people who would, you know, your, 
your custom prospective customers hanging out on Facebook or even Instagram for that matter, I would definitely recommend using um, advertising for both these platforms. On the other hand, if you've got like a, you know, you've got programs or services or a business catering more to, um, to professionals, uh, you know, who may not be on Facebook, then you may want to look at LinkedIn and that is where you would spend most of the time generating buzz. Again, uh, building buzz uh, doesn't, oh, you, it, it's not just Facebook ads. You can use other forms of content, including, you know, what we talked about in the attract stage. You can use blog posts, you can use emails, you can use social media updates. All of this stuff will share your, you know, we'll talk about why, you know, your free gifts. We'll talk about your free content, would, you know, get people, would show people behind the scenes what you're working on, kind of give them a sneak peek. Remember, this is, this is a launch strategy. So we are building them up to the offer that you will make. So. Once, you know, in the build boss stage, that's a perfect time to do kind of do a behind the scenes tour of, you know, what you're working on. Yeah. Uh, share kind of, if you're building a website, if you're launching a website, share snapshots of that. If you're launching an event, uh, like Angela is, maybe, you know, you could do like an, a venue tour or you could do like swag, show the swag bags that you'll be giving away. So those to build excitement and then keep directing them to sign up for the, the lead magnet or the opt-in or the launch trigger, whatever you want to call it, where you, you know, which is your, it's going to be a free gift. So get people excited. Again, remember all of this is where we're kind of, you know, planting the seed in their head, in their brain that this is, this is good stuff. You know what you're doing. You can be trusted. We, you know, so there, there is a lot of relationship building happening, but there is also um, a lot of, it's not selling. It's like subtle selling. You are kind of getting them ready for the sale. You're gently and, you know, very naturally removing barriers, removing resistance, reducing friction. So when if the time comes to take out their credit card and punch in their details, they'll be excited to do that. They won't be hesitant. They won't be wondering, should I or shouldn't I? They'll be like, okay, tell me where do I sign up? And that is what you want to do. Attention, women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day women in business conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. But I think, again, you, you said something important there that, again, it's about creating the buzz. But more importantly, it's that relationship building. And so often Absolutely. people expect people to go, great, um, I've showed you my product, now give me your credit card. But exactly. you don't go, and I say this all the time, I'm just telling this example, you don't go to a bar and say, hey, Johnny, meet me in the bathroom for sex. It doesn't work <laughs> 
You know what I mean? You got to court them. You got to prime them. You've got to excite them. You've got to buzz them, right? People just don't do that. So it's, you know, you've got to be able to have the capacity to build that relationship. And in stage two, that's what you're doing by creating all that buzz, you know, showing them all the things behind the scenes, et cetera. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So step three, what do we get next? Okay. Step three is the call to action, right? Now, CTAs and calls to action are not just fancy buzzwords that we use for, you know, on, you know, when we're writing copy, but this stage is all about getting them to act. This is where you do the big product reveal. So this could, you know, you, this is where you ask for the sale. You've built the foundations. You've, you know, got your people. You've shown that you know what you're doing. You've built a relationship with them. You've gotten them excited. It's important to not stretch out any of these stages, you know, over weeks and months, people will lose interest. So it needs to be very, you know, kind of tight. Again, depends on your offer, depends on your audience, depends on how ready to buy they are. So, but you want to keep it short and tight. So once you've gotten through a track and, you know, building buzz, then you need to, you know, put your call to action out there, which is with your sales page. Um, And you need to ensure that your sales page copy is compelling and obviously persuasive and engaging to read and lays out your offer, whatever it is, whether it's an ebook, an e-course, a service, whatever it is, it lays out the benefits. Your And this is where you kind of switch tracks and all the content that you'll be putting out on social and in your email lists would be, you know, very, would focus on the offer. So you, and your calls to action should include things like, you know, benefits, what a what are the key benefits? Why should they really care about what it is that you're offering? Uh, success stories, user case studies, product demos. If it's like a physical product, you know, you may want to show how to actually use it. Even if it's like a, you know, even if it's like a digital service, if it's like a membership site or an, or an online program like Angela's, you may want to show what the inside would look like once you log in. So, you know, you cut again, these are all very effective ways for reducing the friction that people experience when they're going to be, you know, paying for something when it's like when you go to the, you know, when you go shopping and if you see something that you just have no idea what it does, or would you just want to fling your credit card at it? No, you'd want to know more. You want to speak to the sales rep. It's like when you go to buy a car for that matter, you know what a car does, but when you're looking at certain specific cars, you want to take it out for a test drive. You want to see how it, you know, how it drives, how it feels, how it, you know, maybe if you're like me, how it smells. Yeah. So you, know, you want to know all of those things and then make a decision. And you'll probably want to kind of discuss it with your family. You won't just, you know, it's not going to be an impulse purchase. If, especially if you've got a higher end offer, thousand dollars and above, you may want to, you know, your, your, Prospective customers may want to discuss it with their significant others, may want to kind of think about it, chat about it with a friend or a mastermind buddy, kind of get a feel of, you know, is it, should I really go for it? So you need to kind of remove all those barriers, all those, you know, those friction points. And, can, you know, while you're selling, remember, you're always building trust. You're always building a relationship. They're not a number. People, buyers are not numbers. They're not your, you know, six-figure launch. Buyers are people. So you're building a relationship that you will come back to over and over again. And that is why it's so important that you treat this call to action stage with, you know, the highest level of integrity, with the highest level of intention, and the highest level of attention. And I think, again, 
it's so much easier to retain a customer who's already bought from you to then have to like try and prime and do all that building again. So if you treat people right from the beginning as people and as human beings who have feelings, etc., that, do you know what I mean? If they convert now because you've treated them with that kindness and respect, they also will then talk about your program with other people. They will say how good of a person you are, etc. So again, that relationship building, you know, treat them just like a human being. They're not just a number. I couldn't agree more with that. Yep. And so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because people do talk to other people. And that is why the, you know, the fourth stage, which is delight, is just as important and something I don't see enough business owners uh, doing. So we all, you know, sometimes I see a lot of, and these are like a lot of really good names, really good businesses. So they'll do the, the attract, the build buzz and the call to action supremely well. And then when it comes to the last, uh, the fourth stage, not really the last stage, the one but last, the delight stage is where, you know, it just falls apart. The delight stage is the post-purchase stage, mm-hmm. right? After people have bought your, whether it's their, whether it's a $9 ebook or a nine $9.99, uh, you know, dollar e-course, you need to kind of go delight your people and this again you don't need to kind of send them big gifts or you know do a lot of fancy things but simple things your post-purchase emails that go out do they thank them for their purchase do they congratulate them do they welcome them do they tell them what to do next um do you do you have any surprise bonuses that you may not have talked about that you send out after you know say a week or 10 days after they purchase um so having these simple things in place, maybe you have a, you know, social media, you, you know, you, you do a social media event for the people in the paid group. If you've got like a course, most courses have paid groups. So you do like a Facebook live over there, personally welcoming them. Maybe it would be great, you know, and again, this is something I'm, I'm not saying you, you've got to do it, but this would be so cool if you can, you know, welcome everybody by name. So when you do like a Facebook live welcome message, you say, you know, you give, read out everybody's names and you say how delighted. It's a simple thing. You have all that data with you. You have all that information with you. Use it. And it would feel so good for someone to say, you know, see a welcome video with, you know, and you don't have to do separate welcome videos. Again, you could just do one video, but saying, so excited to welcome this batch of XYZ course. Well, I'm welcoming you know, person A, person B, person D, or, you know, that kind of thing. Here's what we'll be doing over the next four weeks or the next eight weeks. And then kind of just lay out the next steps for them, tell them what to expect, et cetera, et cetera. Simple things, but just wow them. Um, if you've got like a higher end course, maybe you could send out physical gifts in the mail. These are just ideas to kind of go above and beyond. But, you know, you, you don't have to do all of them, but I would say just pick something that you can do to kind of delight people. Um, I know I think Todd Herman does this. He calls up everybody who signs up for his 90 day year. I think that's, a, you know, a friend of mine, I think told me about this. And I thought that was amazing. No, so take absolutely. out the time to, you know, pick up the phone and call people who are signing up for your course to thank them. That yeah, is delighting them. And yeah. I do think that it's, again, you differentiate yourselves from everyone else because there's multiple coaching programs and there's multiple things, et cetera, that are out there. But again, it's you, it's the one percenters, I call it. It's the one percent of people that do this, like what you're talking about, that they, they've done the mm-hmm. first three 
steps mm-hmm. right well, but the one percenters will always are going to finish up on the fourth and fifth step. And it's one of the mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. I learned, you know, earlier. I'm trying to think who I even learned it from, but same thing. When anyone ever signs up to one of my business coaching, do you know what I mean? One to one, they mm-hmm. all automatically get a welcome personalized plaque that I have made for them with when when they started their business with their name, it sent to you know I mean with a note from me, etc. So yes, yeah, so and I can't tell you they then share that stuff on social media. They talk about it in groups. Yep. They yep. um but I've created like I've actually validated them again from that human being perspective like we talked about earlier on. They're not yeah. just a number. Because for me in order to personalize each thing, I've got to make sure I definitely know the year that you know, they, they started and the, what's the exact name of their business? What's their address? And it takes a little bit of time, but the mm. overall to see their expressions on their face, like they send me photos and they'll send me emails. And like I said, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And it doesn't take that much time to do it. Yeah, it doesn't. And again, you, uh, you don't have to do it. If you're just launching the program, like Angela said, she's got a coaching service. I have a copywriting uh, service. I send out gifts and mine are, again, you don't have to, you, you know, if you, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a big deal. It just needs to be thoughtful, you know, exactly like um, Anne said. It just needs to make, you know, have some meaning to it. And so you can, you know, just give it some thought. You can think about it for, and, you know, decide how is it that you're going to kind of go ahead and delight your customers. And there's another reason um, that's more, um, I would say, not very um, kind of, you know, feel uh, it's not very, mm, I would say, it's very strategic for it. You know, there's another very strategic reason for delighting your customers. It ties them in with your community. It makes them feel, you know, like a stronger part of your brand. And it goes a long way in reducing refund requests, especially for, you know, more higher end programs or even, you know, like if it's like a 400 or $500 program. So you can, you keep that, you keep that feel good purchase feeling alive for way longer with this single step as well. And that makes a huge difference. No, absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. So we've got, so just kind of recap again, we've got step one, the attract, step two, the buzz, step three, the call to action, step four, we're at delight, you know, that so many people are missing. And let's tie it all together. What's our step five? Step five is execute. Yep. <laughs> you need to execute all of this. You know, don't skip stages. Don't overthink it. I see so many people striving for perfection on their first launch, but remember, I mean, Progress is better than perfection. Done is better than perfect. So execute. Don't overthink it. You can always refine. You can always revise. You can always revisit. You can scrap the whole thing. It's, you know, that's the beauty of launches. So just go ahead and execute. See what it is that you're launching. See when you want to launch it. And then go ahead and, yeah. And what you also see in regards to the executing stage, there's a couple of programs that I've signed up for. I'll remain nameless. Do you know what I mean? But they skipped, they did steps one, two, and three. They skipped four, but they equally skipped five from the point of view from executing like, their the particular program I bought, everything was recorded, right? Mm -hmm. And then they had a Facebook group, all right, Mm -hmm. which is great. But then they'd either be late to their Facebook lives or Mm. they would um, not show up or Mm. I mean, the list goes on. So just because they then had the client and they had the conversion, they still didn't actually execute the program, you know? Yes. Um, Yes. And I think there is something is that if you're going to do this, you need to do it from start to finish. 
you know, because yes. just as many people you can bring on. So it's like, you know, again, Amy Porterfield, she probably did me on board, like say 3000 people to a launch. Right. But yeah. if you didn't execute, you're going to potentially take a lot of people off. So all exactly. of that goodwill and good buzz could turn to negative very, very quickly and not only ruin what you're currently in, but also mm. didn't mean any potential credibility mm. and authority for future launches. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, um, this kind of executing a program well ties in really well to delighting your customers as well. So imagine if they know that, you know, you're going to show up in the group every week live at a certain time. There's a certain predictability to it. Imagine if they go into all the, you know, all the modules, all the worksheets are already there. They're not hunting around for stuff. You know, they got everything they need. They, when they ask a question, you're there to reply. So these are just simple, small ways for you to continue to delight them even after they've signed up. Don't, like I said, buyers are not numbers. Buyers are people. So they're like real humans with real feelings. So you need to, you know, keep all of that into account. And, and yeah, then just go ahead, deliver. So, so yeah, that's, that's the ABCD with the execute bonus with the extra bonus no i like it i'm loving it so again for those that are out there for listening in order to really create a launch the so five steps for creating a profitable launch you really need to focus on step one which is attract step two which is the buzz step three your call to action step four the delight stage and step five the execute stage now again all of this we will recap in our show notes and links on our page that you guys will be able to access those at angelahenderson.com.au but tell me why all these stages, why do you think it's imperative though to have a launch strategy? Like what's the really main like icing on the cake? If you don't have a launch strategy, do you know I mean, you know, what, what do you think it is? Because I think it's important for us to know why having a launch strategy is imperative for a successful outcome if they don't have it. Oh, lots of reasons. So A, it keeps everything organized. B, you know exactly where you're heading. Otherwise, you're just flinging spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it'll stick. Um, C, you know what you'll need to fix if something doesn't work. So if you find that your build buzz stage did not do as well as you'd expect it to do, you would kind of see it, you know, the engagement taper off, your open rates, your emails would not be opening, would not have been opened as much, you know, maybe your no one really showed up for your webinar um, where you were announcing the launch of your program, or maybe people just didn't buy your ebook, whatever it was that you were launching. So you would know, so you would know what, where to go back. And so when you do your launch debrief, you'll know these are the, this is where we kind of fell flat and this is what we need to fix. So you're not kind of going to scrap the whole thing and start from scratch. You'll say, okay, we did well. We built, you know, we built authority. we started attracting our right people. But then when it came to building buzz, maybe the Facebook ads didn't work. So, you know, you know exactly where to fix things and then kind of refine the process. So that's number three. Uh, number four is how do you evaluate the success of your launch? So you got to, you know, how would you know what worked well on the, uh, you know, on the flip side of what didn't go well, you need to know what worked well so you can kind of rinse and repeat it. And that is, again, where, you know, having a strategy is going to help you. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just about the dollars. It's about what's going to happen after post. You know, like you said, what do we improve on? What do we keep? What do we scrap? You know, yep. So, and without the strategy, you've got no evidence, or like you said, do not organize. You've got nothing to go back to and reflect on. Yeah, you don't want to get. You don't want to guess at success, right? So no. you don't want to say, oh, okay, maybe this didn't work. Let me switch out the sales page. You know, yep. or maybe I should just change my emails. No, you need to look at 
you need to look at the numbers. You need to go step by step, stage by stage and see, all right. So we did the attract stage from, you know, week one to week two. So we had, you know, emails were being opened. This was our email open rate. This was our, you know, Facebook engagement. This was, you know, the traffic to our page and et cetera. So you have all of the data. So we were doing good. But then in the bill bus stage, it all just kind of tanked. Now, what, what really tanked? Emails were being opened. Okay, fine. Um, social media was doing pretty well. We were, you know, climbing numbers. Facebook ads. Okay, yeah. we need to probably fix that. Or, you know, you could say Facebook ads did, re- did their job, but our emails sucked. Nobody was opening. Click-through rates were abysmal. That's where we need to kind of start and fix things. So you have a plan of action for the future. And you know exactly what needs to be done. And you spend your money wisely, right? So, yeah. And it's also less stressful because you know what you're doing. Like I said, you know, launches don't have to be stressful. Once you know what you're doing, once you know how you're doing it, it all just falls into place. Absolutely. And again, I'm seeing that right now with you. So it's all little by little (laughs) working slowly but surely. So, yeah, so for the listeners out there who would like to learn more about your services or where to follow you on your social platforms, where can they find you? Yeah, um, I would love for you all to check out my website. I'm at Content Bistro. That's contentbistro.com. Angela, I think we'll drop it in the show notes as Absolutely. well. And you'll get copywriting tips there and obviously some of my cool checklists and a lot of, you know, real world tested strategies for you to take conversion copywriting principles and apply it to your business, whatever it is that you're launching. And like Angela mentioned at the start, I do have a couple of gifts for you. Again, she'll drop the links in the comments, but I have a PDF packed with launch tools that you can just take and use for different stages of your launch and a launch copy checklist as well. So which kind of outlines all the, the ABCD framework, the executors all on you. No, I love it. And again, I'm all about a good checklist. Nothing better than a checklist. <laughs> now, before we wrap up, I like to open our clothes with a bit of a fun more question. I know we've already talked about your Starbucks addiction, but mm. tell us something magical about India that, you know, none of us might know about. Oh, so many things. It's a huge country. That's so that, but because we're also big foodies, my husband, my daughter and I, what we love about the country is that when you go to a different state, so every state will have its own version of a particular food. So, you know, if there's like a rice dish, it would be made differently in the north than in the south and east and the west. So the food is, yeah, I think it's the most fun part. And yeah, I, there's just so much good food. It's super interesting. So like if you had like a particular, let's say korma, chicken korma, for example, yeah, if I had yeah. one state and I went to another state, even though it would still have the same name, but there could be a different, I don't know. Oh yes. Or a different vibe yes. It. it would have probably a different way of being made for it. So chicken biryani is huge. Yeah. So my husband's a huge chicken biryani fan and um, every state, you know, will have its own chicken biryani. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So it's, you know, um, they, they'll all be chicken biryani, but they'll all be either made differently. They'll have the same key ingredients, so rice and chicken, of course. And, you know, the spices would probably be somewhat similar, but the method may be different or sometimes the spices may be different. But so the, the flavor, the way it tastes, the way it smells, all of it is so different. It's yeah, it's just a lot of fun. 
Soon, I think I might need to take a trip to India. It's on my list. It's been on my list for a very yes, long time. And I, I know. We've been talking about it. I know. I know. I need to get there. So food. All right. India. There are magical elements of different food dishes amongst the different states. I love it. I love it. Now, for those, we will wrap up this particular episode, but I just want to remind you guys that my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my Facebook group, the Australian Business Collaborative, which has over, we're hitting almost close to 4,000 businesses. So make sure you join that community as I'd love to see you in there. But for now, have an awesome day, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. I know it's super early in India, so thank you so much for being here. And be prepared for the next episode it's a goodie it's all about facebook e-commerce ads and you guys are going to love it so stay tuned for next week's episode thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with angela henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au